Okay, this is the new podcast, Back Breakthroughs. One topic a day, five minutes or less. It is, in fact, raining right now on my camera, so we're going to make this swift. Today's episode is going to be how to grow the low back muscles. And first, let's just talk about what are the low back muscles. If we go through the larger layer, the more superficial layer of muscles, we have the spinal erectors, which many of us do know if you've been training. Uh, We have the QLs, quadratus lumborum. Just a a disclaimer, I'm not going to go super deep into the nerd chit-chat about it, but I will try to break it down, everything to practical basics that you can understand. So we have the spinal erectors, the QLs, and I would consider the psoas, even though that's a hip flexor, it connects the thigh straight directly to the spine itself, so I would consider it a spinal muscle. Then we have the nitty-gritty, deeper layers of tissue, smaller, closer to the spine, and uh, often we don't even think about training this. So we have stuff like the interspinalis, which literally means in between each segment of the spine. Uh, We have the multifidus, which also runs all the way up along the spine on both sides. And we have the rotatoris, rotatoris. We're just going to put a picture, Luca, and uh, let the people see. Can't pronounce it well. But if we look at what do these things do, so that's going to help us know how to train it. The spinal erectors, likely the most uh, common back muscle you've heard, that is responsible for extending the spine, right? So it's called a spinal erector because it keeps you erect and tall. If you didn't have that muscle, lawn chair, right? So the ways that we train that, are going to be through spinal extension. The reason I train things like the back extension, like even the Jefferson curl, is it's not the extension position that we need per se. We can go into a flexed position rounding, and it's the extension strength out of that position. So that is where the spinal erectors really, really get pushed. There's a number of ways to do it. Uh, The QLs, quadratus lumborum, the deepest muscles on each side of the spine. Super, super important for lateral flexion. So we can train a standing QL raise or a back extension version, which is pretty advanced. Then the psoas, the muscle that goes from the thigh to the spine, picks up the thighs. And we train hip flexor raises. We can train gar hammer raises with a cable, with your body weight, L-sits, the ATG split squat, and so forth. So if we go to now the nitty-gritty stuff, if you've covered the basics, you're already better off than 90% of people that just don't view the core as something to train. But we want to go deeper, which is more likely to have issues once we have disc injuries, any spinal segment problems with the bones, joints, etc. Let's take the interspinalis, the little muscles in between every segment of the spine that really only get trained when you go deeply into spinal flexion. So this is why avoiding motions of the back after injury, short-term smart, long-term a guaranteed plan to dysfunction. So getting deeper and deeper access to our spine and flexion is going to let us train those small muscles in between. The multifidus I brought up earlier on both sides of the spine, those are really important also for the lateral aspect. So the deeper we can get in the QLs, it's going to start to train that. And then the rotatoris. Rotatoris. I'm going to learn that one well. That one, obviously, like the name suggests, is responsible for rotation or preventing. So when we get on a back extension and we start to train single leg, 
there's that little bit of momentum to want to shift you to one side and have you semi-tilt because you're on one leg. What resists that, plus the deep flexion, is going to be some of those rotatorous, smaller muscles between. So when we're thinking about training the, the low back, if you have a good low back, it's going to be easy. And if you have a history of injury and avoidance and tightness and weakness has an effect, it's going to be hard. So don't feel discouraged if you tried any of the exercises I just named and you feel sensitivity, you feel any sort of fear, uh, it just doesn't feel right. That's honestly expected. So troubleshooting is just as important for this. Uh, I have a lot of videos on the YouTube channel. I'll just link it, a little picture of my channel here to see more in-depth stuff. But if you're having trouble with any of this stuff, realize we do also have to work on the related qualities to the back. That is the hip mobility, especially in the front, with the split squat, couch stretch, anything that contributes to this pelvic tilt of the hips dumped forward, tight, weak, low back, tight hip flexors, that's going to make it hard to train some of these movements. Uh, even further, like you want to train the QLs on the side bend, well, the muscle right below the QL on the hips, a lot of those outer hip muscles, glute med, glute min, nerdy, blah, blah, blah. We need to open up our pigeon stretch as much as we can and even strengthen the area too. So just a quick recap, there's hip mobility stuff that does affect this. There's upper back stuff with the pullover that's going to affect this. Um, there's tissue tolerance, which is simply you can try to train your multifidus or even bigger, your spinal erectors like your bicep. But if it's been years of not training your back, you're going to have a sensitive joint just like a sensitive elbow and you can't train the bicep yet. So you might need to start slower than your strength level and very steadily make yourself less sensitive. And so one thing I've written on this whiteboard, I'm already over my five minutes, but is of course you can. And I think that's probably the most consistent response I give people when they ask, hey, with my diagnosis, hey, with my age, with my history, with XYZ special cases, can I actually get back to training these things? And my answer is always, of course you can. Because the body is either growing or decaying. The idea that you're going to preserve your back is a fallacy. As time goes on, if you're not actively working to heal these things, it is getting worse. Even even further, if you think you're too out of it to use your back, you're not realizing you're already using your back every day, just not intentionally. If you are alive, you have a low back, and it is working. So we can't even pretend there's this idea of preserving, saving your back. We need to invest in our back. And it may start slow. It may be embarrassingly weak. Uh, it might require a two-year plan. But of course you can build. Knowledge is the gateway to application. And you're going to be your own solution. So I'm going to just keep rapid firing these episodes and get better at making them short and sweet. Um, I caught a nice drizzle out in the Florida rain. And uh, I will make sure to have a little more sun next time so you can um, not look at my pasty self. So that's all we got today. See you tomorrow.